You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Blessing. Thank you so much for that. As we look here at our text in Scripture, it's very easy to understand that for the first century Christian, for first century believers, life was anything but easy. We, we see that there were a lot of wonderful opportunities that came their direction. The Messiah came in their lifetime. That's pretty amazing. And you think about the blessings that are there for the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ would have chosen to come in their life. They were, they were there for such a time as this. What an amazing time to live. Uh, the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Son of God. The one that was uh, promised now is, is on earth. And then we look through and how the Lord not only was born, but 33 and a half years that he lived down here on this earth. Much of it we know very little about. We see a glimpse in a manger. We see another glimpse uh, as a 12-year-old boy. We see another glimpse, uh, of course, uh, the last three and a half years of his life, but just little snippets, just little, little, little picks, if you would, out of a three and a half year period, we only know very little of what happened day to day in the Lord Jesus's life. But you get to that week of passion. You get to the end of his life, and there is much that we do get to see. But here we see the Lord in in his coming, we see the Lord in, his, uh, in uh, the crucifixion, his willingness to come to this earth and become sin for us, to pay redemption's price for us so we could be saved. Pretty amazing. And these believers, these Christians, first century Christians, they were alive. They were there. Then, of course, the crucifixion, and three days later, we have the resurrection of the Lord. And then we have the uh, 50 days of Pentecost, and uh, then Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit coming down, and believers being empowered, and uh, the Lord just, uh, the, the work of God just sort of exploded at that point. And you see how churches were uh, established and built and growing and believers and people were being saved. But, you know, when God's work is going on, the devil is not happy. You can tell, you can tell whether or not you're going the right direction by who is opposing you. You can tell by the fact that there's, there's traffic. What traffic is going the opposite direction? Uh, and I'm not sure when they made the changes, but I know on even looking down the freeway now, if you're, if you're coming down the freeway and you look across to the uh, other side of the freeway, uh, the backside of their reflectors are red. The reflectors down the middle of the road for you now are amber. And those, if you see a red reflector in the roads, you know you're going the wrong way. 
and you see those amber reflectors as you're going down the highway, it just uh, reaffirming that, that you are going the right direction. And here, uh, these first century church uh, believers, uh, they, were, they were individuals had seen a lot. They saw the Savior. They, uh, they were able to experience, uh, many of them, the lives of the apostles. They saw the, the miracles and uh, the revelation of God uh, to the New Testament believer came in their day. All of the New Testament came in a very short period of time. In the lives of those apostles from, uh, from uh, the crucifixion until the death of, uh, of Paul, that, that was when that all finalized. And, and you had uh, up until about A.D. 64 uh, that, uh, that, that everything was going on. And there was so, so much that was happening uh, in these believers' lives that were, that were exciting and positive. But at the same time, when you look at the landscape of society around them, you see that there was great turmoil. You see that there was great pressure. In our text this morning, we read about a man by the name of Stephen, who was a believer. And he was a faithful believer. And uh, here he was uh, called uh, out by a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. And Saul was a persecutor of the church. And Saul was, was, uh, was trying to destroy the church and the people of God, uh, trying to destroy uh, the faithful, trying to uh, destroy the committed, the dedicated, the loyal followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in our text, we find this persecution of the church at Jerusalem. And this New Testament Bible-believing uh, church uh, faced some persecution that was not just a little bit of inconvenience. It's inconvenient that we're not all gathering together. It's inconvenient that some are online and some are here, and it's inconvenient that uh, there are stay-at-home orders, and it's inconvenient uh, that there are some, some pressures that we are facing in our society, but we are not facing what they faced. Let's read again this text. In Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen uh, to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. And so these believers, they were, uh, they were experiencing great persecution. Uh, they say that Acts 8 was around the time of A.D. Uh, 34. Uh, it would be 30 years later where Saul would, who is going to, uh, well, Saul shortly, next chapter is going to become Paul. Uh, and we see how he is going to get saved, this persecutor of the church. He is going to get saved, and for 30 
30 years, he is going to be a, pr- a prominent uh, a, a spokesperson for the church when before he was a persecutor of the church. But, but it will be in AD 64 where Paul will become a martyr under the hand of Nero of Rome, and he will lose his head as a martyr for the Lord Jesus Christ. But 30 years will be lived uh, serving, serving the Lord, and, and Paul uh, will have experienced much persecution even unto his death as he had persecuted others up to that point. Jerusalem, the holy city, will be sieged in A.D. 70. And not only will the city be sieged, uh, in about, uh, uh, they say that it was in about 66 in the common era, uh, according to the Gregorian uh, calendar. So in 66, uh, the, the uh, uh, city was, uh, the, inside the city, the people of Jerusalem, the people of God, decided they did not like the Roman rule that was over them. And they, they developed their own, uh, their own society. They established the Judean uh, provincial government, and a new government had arose, uh, kicking out the Romans who had, who had interfered and who had ruled them for all these years. And now there's a provincial government, uh, but, the, but Rome isn't going to take that for very long. And in AD 70, they're going to come and they're going to siege the city of Jerusalem to the extent for five months Uh, This siege goes on before they finally break through the walls. They finally come in and uh, retake the entire city and take control of that area, put down that other uh, provincial government. And and this, this world, this first century Christianity, when we look at it, there were so many levels and layers of problems. The city of Jerusalem will be destroyed. The temple, the second temple, will be destroyed. And it was was a hard time. So life in first century, life for the Christian, life for believers, uh, has been tumultuous at best. We see our freedoms. Politically, we see our freedoms Ideologically, we see our freedoms religiously, personally, spiritually. We see that right now, you turn on Fox News, you turn on uh, any news, you turn on any of the social media, uh, everything is coming out. Uh, things that are going on in D.C. and things that are going on uh, in the, uh, the social uh, media world and trying to take control. And uh, there, is, there are so many different levels of pressures that are that are going on but these have always freedoms have always been on a line for battle wherever you draw the line that's where your battle will be if you do not draw a line it just means you will keep continually being pushed and you'll continually lose ground until you finally draw that line. But wherever you draw the line, whether it is way up here or way back here, wherever that line is drawn, that's where that fight will begin. We look at D.C. and we look at the news and the news feeds and notifications and all that's going on there. 
You know, isn't it amazing how everybody has an opinion? But everybody's opinion is not right. Everybody has a right to an opinion, but everybody's opinion is not right. And you know, as we deal with what, the, what is going on in our world, we have to guard our heart. The Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So here in Acts, when we read this passage of Scripture, we see how for the believer, uh, the world for them was tumultuous. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, when your world unravels, when your world unravels. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would just bless now this morning and uh, give us wisdom and guidance. I pray that you would help us to, uh, to look at things from a perspective uh, that would be your perspective. And Lord, we are, we are not omniscient and we do not possess all wisdom and knowledge, but you do. And I pray that the Spirit of God would lead us and guide us into all truth like you said that you would. And so help us to see things uh, from your perspective, from truth. And so help us this morning uh, to be able to endure what we are going through and, and to be honoring to you, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Stephen lived his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing so, he faced persecution to the point where he was called up. He was, uh, he was pulled out and literally he lost his life. Uh, so they made havoc of the church. Uh, verse number three there, it says, they were entering into every house and hailing men and women uh, and committed them to prison. So here, this havoc uh, and the hailing men and women, and we'll go into that, uh, but, but the world around us is, it's unraveling. It's sort of like a, uh, the comfort of life has become uncomfortable. The things that we have taken for granted or the things that we have just come to expect in our world has changed. You know, there, there are just certain things that are, that are comfortable. You know, freedom is comfortable. Freedom is comfortable. And we have enjoyed some comfort in our lives. And the blessings uh, of those freedoms that we have experienced has been pretty amazing. But we get to enjoy uh, those freedoms. And it's comfortable. It's sort of like a sweater, if you would. Uh, just an old, comfortable sweater that you put on. And, you know, uh, something about uh, clothes that are, that are broke in, those are the clothes that wives want to throw away. I'm not quite sure what the deal is, uh, but I've got, I've got some pants, I've got some clothes that are just broken, they're comfortable, and Mrs. Brown, I have to fight with her to get her not to throw them away, and sometimes I lose, I just come home and they're gone. Uh, but, uh, you know, she's like, well, they're, they're threadbare, or they're wearing out, and it's like, somebody, somebody can, they can see your pocket. I'm like, it's okay, it's a pocket. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's like, no, you can't wear that anymore. Uh, but it's like a sweater if it has like a string hanging off of it. And you grab a hold of that string and you start pulling. And it just keeps on coming. And you keep on pulling. And pretty soon you have a bunch of thread or material in your hand and you have a sweater that is no longer a sweater. It has come apart at the seams. 
You know, isn't that what it sort of seems like our world is doing? It's just coming apart. It's like it was, it was all so nice. Not saying that everything in life was good. Not saying that everything was, uh, was, was uh, how we would desire it to be. But it was comfortable. And now it's unraveling. Now we start to see things that we never saw before. Now there is insight, some things that are being revealed that, uh, that were not revealed before. And we wonder, how can this really be happening? Is this real? It seems so surreal, doesn't it? It seems like this is just a dream. There's no way this is reality. If we would have gone back 12 months and said this is where we were going to be, we would have not even imagined that we would be in this place. Think about the excitement of a new year. You know, it's sort of hard to be excited about new year, isn't it? You think about all the opportunities, or are there all these opportunities? It seems like everything is just unraveling. But for the believer, everything has not unraveled. Everything has not unraveled. Now, we may have parts of our life that are coming apart, but there is a foundation that is there that is still as solid and stable as it has ever been. And we don't have to have that fear. Our feet can be solidly planted. And so when your world unravels, I want to just share with you a couple things. When your world unravels, number one, don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. Uh, don't lose faith. Uh, look with me at verse number three. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, hailing men and women, and committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. These brave believers were dragged into jail for their faith. Uh, literally, that word hailing men and women literally means to go in and to grab a hold of and to drag away. It is the hailing men and women. It is the accosting. Uh, these individuals, these believers, they were, uh, they were sought out. They were hunted down. Uh, they, were, they were forcibly taken from the comforts of their home, from their church, uh, from their places of business. And they were, they were dr literally dragged uh, away uh, into a place uh, to be to be jailed. Uh, they were tried, they were ridiculed, they were persecuted. And so when our world unravels, what can we do? We can look at these believers who were living their faith and lived it in a time of tumultuous uh, events, in a time of great persecution, yet they did not lose their faith. So don't lose our faith. Let's not lose our faith. Let's not stop thinking, oh, well, you know, it's just not all working out the way I envisioned it to work out. Well, that is the truth. This is not how any of us uh, envisioned it to work out. Uh, I am looking at our vision night for tonight, and I'm thinking, okay, don't lose faith, Pastor. 
You know why? Because how it all turns out, sometimes it's not as easy to grab onto as it is other times. And, and sometimes what we have envisioned, uh, we can't see how it's going to come together. But let me tell you something. There is a God in heaven, and you and I, we cannot lose our faith. We have to keep, uh, keep the faith, if you would. You see, don't lose faith. A pandemic, don't lose faith. Uh, problems, don't lose faith. Disappointment, don't lose faith. Disillusionment, don't lose faith. You and I, if we are going to stay faithful to the Lord, we can't lose our faith. We can't lose our faith. Secondly, don't lose focus. Does this sound familiar? Theme for 2020, focus faith. Faith Focus. We can't lose our faith. We can't lose our focus. These, these believers, persecution came, but they stayed faithful. They didn't lose their focus. Their direction wasn't changed. Someone had to be arrested first. When somebody was arrested, I wonder what everybody else thought. Who's next? Will they come after me? What will happen to my family? Honest questions. But they didn't lose their faith. They didn't lose their focus. You see, these individuals, they kept on serving. And the reason they, as they kept on serving, that is why they were taken in. You know what? They kept on going to church. They kept on being the believer that they were supposed to be. Uh, this havoc, uh, this, uh, the word havoc there literally means to lay waste, to cause, uh, to cause extensive destruction, to utterly destroy. And here Saul was making havoc of the church. He was going in and he was destroying. He was being destructive. Uh, he was trying to utterly ruin the church and he was making havoc of the church. But these believers, they kept on being believers. These, these believers, they kept on doing and being who they were supposed to be. That's why there were others that ended up being sought after. That's why they kept on coming after these people. Why? Was, it was because their initial tactic didn't stop the church. It didn't stop the believers from their faith. It didn't cause them to quit. Now, it had, it had uh, an impact that we see that took place, and it said that they made havoc of the church of Jerusalem, and so they were scattered abroad, and so now these believers, though they could not uh, exercise their faith still in that same place because of the ultimate persecution, they still were bound to, to exhibit their faith. They were still going 
going to live their faith. They still weren't going to stop in what they believed and what they felt God was leading them to do. Uh, don't lose your focus. Uh, the, the havoc was made of the church. Persecution came, but they kept on preaching the word of God. They kept on preaching the word, the Bible tells us. Uh, it says in verse 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. The word. These people, they said, you know what? We're not quitting. The truth still needs to get out. The same salvation that I was confronted with, the same salvation, that gift of salvation that was offered to me and that I embraced and accepted, it, has, it was a beginning point, that new birth. There was a new change in, in their hearts and they said, listen, I can't do anything but tell others about Jesus. I can't do anything but live for my Savior. And the, the teaching, uh, the preaching took place. Uh, I can imagine uh, sort of like the, the outline for the book of Romans uh, that they were preaching sin. They were preaching salvation. They were preaching sanctification. They were preaching uh, uh, service. They were preaching sovereignty. They were just preaching the word of God to people. Uh, why? Because it was in them. They weren't going to lose their faith. They weren't going to lose their focus. They kept on preaching. Did they have to do it a little bit differently? Yes, but they kept doing it. You know, our faith still needs to be shared. Still needs to be shared. There are people that are still dying without Christ. They need to be saved. They need to have hope. And if you and I are silenced because of persecution and we have, we have not faced persecution like they did in first century uh, Christianity uh, and, and even around the world today, there are believers. Uh, as I was uh, just looking at some of the, uh, the different uh, countries and the, the pressures and problems uh, that people are facing around the world uh, for their faith, it's unbelievable. We have, we have skated by. We have missed out, not that we are desiring for it, but we have been saved from all of that persecution. Now, is it going to change? I don't know. We do know that the Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse. You know what you and I need to do? We need to determine who are we? Who are we? Are we going to allow the outward stimulus to change who we are? You see, this persecution, when the world unravels, uh, don't lose uh, your faith. When your world unravels, don't lose your focus. When your world unravels, don't lose your fellowship. You need fellowship. You need connection with believers. Any of us, if we are isolated, our faith will diminish. I'm not saying that there are not times where people have been pulled aside and put in complete isolation. 
uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, you, you have uh, ex- uh, examples of individuals who have suffered for their faith and they have been completely put into an isolation situation because of their faith. And during those times, uh, those individuals, uh, they did still have, uh, have a closeness with the Lord. But let me tell you, as a whole, if you and I, we isolate ourselves from other believers, it will impact us personally. It's not just the, it's not that the church needs you or me, it's that you and me need the church. Not, not a building, the believers. The assembly of believers. You know, we can be a church out in the field. Now, I'm thankful for buildings, I'm thankful for the comfort, but this building doesn't make us a church. The assembly of believers is what makes us a church. And so, so wherever we're at, we've got to recognize that, that we are to be assembled. We need that fellowship. We need to make sure that we are not allowing the pressures of the world unraveling to remove us from where we need to be. Because if it does, what we'll find is our faith is going to get weak. If our faith gets weak... We are very vulnerable to a fall. Ma, back uh, about seven years ago, she had uh, a brain tumor and had, a, had the brain surgery and the, the uh, glioblastoma surgery or the glioblastoma cancer that she had, the exact same cancer that uh, Brother Mark Patterson had, brain tumor. It had a 2% success rate, survival rate. And they said, if we do the surgery and if we do radiation and we do chemo, you may have 12 months. And, and so with that, uh, Ma, uh, she went through the surgery and uh, surgery went well and they got majority of the cancer. And uh, about uh, a week later, uh, she had a massive stroke. And with that stroke, she was completely uh, unmovable. She couldn't move at all. And and then after a little bit of time, the faculty started to come back together. But uh, she's, she still cannot communicate, uh, but she can, she can get around. But one thing that she does is she drags her feet. She goes to walk, and her mind no longer tells her to lift her feet when she walks. You know, you and I, we move through life without even thinking about certain things, and and she has the strength to, to lift her leg, but she doesn't, her body doesn't do it automatically. And so because of that, just in the last uh, couple, uh, last month, she's fallen twice. And, and I, when she was here with us, I kept, she'd, she'd get up and she'd have her walker and she would drag her foot. And I said, mom, lift your foot. And it's her right foot. And, and I keep telling her, mom, Lift, bend your knee, lift your foot, bend your knee, lift your foot. And she, then she would try to, to work through that dynamic to where she could, she could do that so she would not fall. You know, you and I, we have to plan through things so we respond properly. She is a very, she's vulnerable. She falls and so far, praise the Lord, nothing has broke, but if she, if she falls and 
doesn't fall up against something, and uh, she could she could definitely uh, find herself in a care home. But with our faith, if we don't predetermine where our weaknesses are at, we are going to be vulnerable to falling. Spiritually speaking, we've got to be focused on our faith. We got we we can't. We cannot lose our faith. We cannot lose our focus. And our focus needs to be, what direction are we going? Who are we? Is this just a phase of life? When my parents got saved and when we got saved, my grandma, she would come over and up until that point, Granny, she would come over just about every weekend and spend the weekend with us and uh, she'd stay a couple nights and then go back home. But uh, almost every weekend, Granny was there and, and Granny would tell, she says, oh, you guys, you're just, you'll outgrow this. It's just a passing phase. Church is just a passing phase. All these changes in your life, they're just a passing phase. Well, praise the Lord, it's not passed yet. But it doesn't mean it can't. It has happened to others. It can happen to us. And you and I, we've got to recognize, what are some things? I've got to, I've got to, I can't lose my faith. My belief. My belief system. We have, we have a God who has revealed himself to us. And our faith is summed up in this book right here. The year, new year comes around, and I always reach out to our missionaries. And I send them our doctrinal statement, and I tell them, hey, we're still, we're still faithfully staying after soul winning and reaching people with the gospel and discipleship, and, and I'll go through uh, our standards, convictions, and I send that out to them, and I say, listen, that's who we are, that's who we, we have been, we have not changed if you have changed, let us know. If we're not on the same page, if you have made some decisions, and if you choose to, to go a different direction, that's fine. But this is who we are, and this is who you were when we took you on. Are you still there? Now, in recent years, we have had missionaries that have had to come off of our support because they changed. They no, no longer believe the same way. You know, everybody has that right. But where am I? We have to know. I can't, I can't lose my faith. What do I believe? If all I believe is Sunday is for church, my faith is pretty pretty small. If I don't understand, if I am not growing and learning what God says about how I live my life, then my faith really needs to grow. Because when persecution and opposition come, if we don't know what's important about our faith, then it's very easily easy for our faith to fall. So let's not lose our faith, let's not lose our focus, and let's not lose 
our fellowship. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning uh, as we look into our own lives, just a, uh, just a spot to where we can stop and think about all that uh, has, has gone on around us. And Lord, the pressures that are, that are existing elsewhere in the world, the problems that we're facing in our, in our current world, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be faithful. And just bless each and every one that's here this morning. May our faith be, be strong. Lord, may we uh, put things into place to help uh, guard and protect our mind, our heart, so we can stay faithful to you. Heads bowed, eyes closed, and you're here this morning. Do you know the Lord is your Savior? If you don't, you need to accept him today. Don't put it off. Why? Why? Why put it off for another day? Jesus Christ, God's Son, loves you. And He came to this earth to die on the cross to pay for your sins. And whether you're sitting in the auditorium or whether you're watching online, Jesus Christ wants to be your Savior. He wants to forgive your sin. He wants to give you a gift of eternal life. He wants to be your closest friend. But he leaves it in your hand. And if you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, thank you for listening. Today. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.